Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hotline League. It's an exciting evening here in Los Angeles, California, and I am joined, as always, by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going? It's going good, dude. This is going to be a banger episode. So much to cover. I'm looking forward to talking about the big news like... Dokla to CLG. Dokla was already on CLG. Well, start CLG starting lineup. There we go. Um, apparently, uh, Berserker lost his passport and visa. Yes. So, like, which while I feel bad for Berserker, it is also hilarious in its own way. I was there. I didn't actually. I just saw the headline and I just didn't watch the clip. Did did it? Did was there anything about that? I didn't watch the clip either. Listen, is there we, any context given beyond people, that? People watch the show because we are as if we're members of the community. And as members of the community, no one ever clicks any oh, link on that subreddit. You just read the headline, <laughs> go to the comment where other people have only read the headline, and then they're sharing their uninformed opinions. And then we make, well, we don't make, we just kind of copy their opinions onto ourselves is the way it's supposed to go. Uh, yes, I did see... Sven's Shut tweet about this. I also saw Vulcan's tweet about this. The people in the chat are sharing it. Did you see Vulcan's? Uh, it was. Was it a response to Sven? Yeah, I'll put it in the chat in the Skype chat. I'll see if I can pull it up on, on the stream. It's pretty good though. Um, <laughs> he stole it from Reddit. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Hey. Good on, good on you for giving. Let me give a shout out to Vulcan for sourcing when he steals memes. Yes. And shame on all you other content creators who just pillage your discords. Why would you talk about Cajal that way, Mark? Who said? I mean, I'm literally firing shots. Oh, sorry, at sorry. I thought you creators. said Cajal when you said that. I. Uh... No, no, no. Sorry. I, I like Cajal a lot. Misunderstood. But literally everyone. It's the meta. I know. I don't knock the hustle. I never knock the hustle. Yeah. Same way I don't knock clickbaiting on YouTube. I don't actually knock people for getting way more engagements by crowdsourcing memes. Uh, did you look at what our good friend Empire just linked in the chat? Uh-oh. While you, while you look at that, SkyG, thank you for the five <laughs> gifted subs. Thank you for the five gifted subs. That's very generous of you. What a, I mean... What am I looking at here in particular? I don't know. It's a shit show. It's a shit show. That's what I'm getting at. Was Alorum uh, still was Alorum on there wait. previously? Alorum was not. Also, Busio wasn't Wixie with Busio on Hundred Thieves Academy last split. Am I missing something? Did the trade happen there? And uh I think Trevor <laughs> was also not on there. I don't know much about Trevor. But... <laughs> we we just need we just need Empire to just run our show for us. <laughs> yeah, actually, not Empire. Happening. What are our show notes? Uh, Cherry Lace, thank you for the forty-five months. <laughs> Slowbro, thank you for the seven. Uh, yeah, there's nothing too spicy there, but it is it is interesting. Uh, the alarm there's... thing is most interesting to me because I didn't know he had kind of just like disappeared. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, he he was uh, competing in like more for fun i think than like really hardcore trying to go back in, into the pro scene and you know he was like just having fun living life i guess i'm not quite sure that's cool he's out on an island uh, somewhere, just on a beach playing well amateur. east coast is basically an island 
Um, it's funny how much stuff gets leaked on the GCD before teams announce their shit. Um, and I think people are slowly starting to wisen up to the fact that the GCD gets updated pretty frequently, pretty quickly. And um, it's a good thing to check in general for news. If you're yes. ever a journalist in the scene or anything, you can probably catch leaks. I, not like, it's not, funny, not like the, the, the wiki has a way that you can sign up and it's supposed to let you know if there are changes to it. And I tried to sign up for it one time and then it never sent me anything. So hmm. You probably typed your email in wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bravis Gafford at uh anyway. <laughs> somewhere out there somebody's getting really annoyed by how they're getting spammed by these G C D updates. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? <laughs> uh so we didn't really talk about show before this, but is this basically like sometimes we do a anything goes episode? That's kind of how this one's feeling to me. Yes, definitely. I mean there are some things that have happened, but it's not like we're like, okay guys. We're mostly going to be talking about these two teams that are sucking, this team that's doing well, and whatever. So people can just call in with their general takes, and we just kind of have open lines for tonight. A lot of different things that are worth coming on. Uh, I do want to mention we are uh, we are recording this again on Tuesday. I know that it's been annoying to have um, some off schedule game or off schedule shows. That's mostly been because of MSI. Uh, and then last night, Mark and I are we. Do we know if we're allowed to say where we were last night? So what confused me is it seemed like the answer was no. And we watched someone be forced to delete a picture. But I think that you was know? only because they couldn't say, like, they didn't want any evidence. They took a of picture of the actual content versus yes. what the picture that I saw someone tweet later was of, like, a panel thing. Gotcha. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I didn't see that picture. I'm just going to say that we were at a viewing event for players, which comes out on Holy fuck, I can't believe you just said that, dude. You're gonna get slammed. They're gonna sue your ass. Yeah, I mean, my take is like, I should say, I mean, I don't think we're allowed to give any opinions or hot takes, but I think we can say that we we went to an event for it. And then at a future point in time, we will be able to give opinions and hot takes. Um, but it comes out on the 16th, so... Uh, Everybody go watch it whenever that does happen. There we go. Now I've, t now I've promoted it. Can they really get me in trouble if I'm like using it as a means of promoting it? I don't know. Here, Here's what I was referencing. I put it in, in Twitch or in a... Yeah, I just, I just noticed that this was tweeted out. Given okay. who that is as well, who tweeted it yes. and the relation to the show, I'm, I'm a little... I'm like, wait, was this... I'm just going to put it on not? screen. Boom. It's on Hotline League now. It's it's I mean it's a public tweet. We were at this. This thing is not a last private night, account. Uh, which was a an event. I wish we could talk about it. This is the most interesting thing that uh, I have to talk about this week. But we'll we'll talk about it on next week. The well, embargo lifts week. the thirteenth. No, they say it lifts the thirteenth. The show. Oh, really? Okay, whatever. The embargo we'll... lifts the thirteenth. I'm pretty sure, and the show comes out the sixteenth. Okay, we'll talk about. It. I don't know if you're supposed to say when the embargo lifts. By the way. Well, they, people will figure out when the embargo lifts when everyone starts talking I know, about but it. normally that is a thing about embargoes is you are not allowed to say when the embargo lifts. Oh, really? Yes. As somebody who works in a lot of this stuff, as you're usually not allowed to say that the embargo lifts at a certain Technically, time. I don't think I signed an embargo for anything. No, but you do have an NDA with Riot, and you probably signed an NDA with them. And so I think... <laughs> 
you're probably under multiple NDAs that you may have just violated. All right, turn the recording off. We're starting Hotline League over. Wipe the VOD. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League. Uh, it's an amazing episode tonight. We're going to talk about so many different things. Uh, we're watching Barry. We're watching the boys. We're Sherman watching... in the chat says <laughs> reported. <laughs> he also said, hold on. I'll clarify when I was in a different tab. And so I didn't see that. So he didn't tell me. We Wait, did he on clarify what our situation it. is with this? Because the... Danielle tweeting that out is what confused me because I'm like, if anyone should be following the strict rules here, you think it would be her. I mean, the text, the text that I had seen had said like, save your hot takes and stuff later. It was not like this yeah, is a secret yeah. event, so that's why I don't think the event itself was secret. I stopped okay, trying to yeah. clarify once Travis went rogue. Says Sherman, okay. Um, <laughs> Sherman's going to disappear from this chat and pretend you didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sherman? Oh no, that's not me on Twitch. That's a different Sherman. I go by Michael. It's, it's like Twitch. the tanks. Sherman tanks. Someone. Yeah. Uh, we are not allowed to provide any additional uh, opinions or anything like that, Arsh. I can tell you that much. But As soon as we can share our opinions, we will tweet about it. And I think we can say this. We want to cover the show whenever it comes out. Yeah, yeah. you can expect content from Arcane. us about the show uh, while it is releasing. I, who's going to get mad at us for saying that? Anyway, all right, let's talk about other things. Um, one, thank you to Alienware and Grubhub for sponsoring the show. We always want to give a shout out. We'll talk more about them later. Uh, but is there anything? I oh, I know we just like jibber jabbered for a little bit. But the final thing I want to say is I'm watching Barry and it's really fucking good. And I can't believe Mark isn't caught up on it because it's the best thing on television right now. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch it. There's just a lot of things to watch. Also, I almost accidentally killed Mark's cats this past weekend. Oh, yeah. I guess that's something to talk about. Travis underestimates cats or actively wants to kill them. It's hard to tell if he's incompetent or evil. You know, the lines can blur sometimes. Uh... So the way that he almost killed them, all we all Travis had to do was come over and open up a can of wet food, put it in their bowls, and fuck off. That's all he really had to do. But he chose to stay around a couple times. I mean, it got more complicated than that because the one, the fat cat was eating both bowls of food because the other cat wouldn't come out. And so we were, you know, I was trying to be helpful. Yeah. I mean, you were also trying to befriend the white cat who has grown admittedly a little grumpier to new people with age and like getting a brother he didn't want and stuff. Uh, so Travis tried to befriend him. He got swiped at once or twice, trying to give him treats. And then in his panic, Travis apparently did not shut the cabinet to the treats fully, most likely. And the cats got up into that and chewed through the bag to get the treats out and then ate all the treats. And then one of the cats threw up on the rug. And that's not on me. I don't understand how any of that could not be your fault, considering... I don't control what the cat does. I'm not like in the cat's brain. Maybe the cat should take some fucking personal responsibility. Okay. Travis, <laughs> the cats have never gotten into the treat cabinet when Ashley and I are here. Has Ashley forgiven me yet? Uh, We'll find out if we do board game night tonight. Or I mean, not tonight, this, this week. Great. Anyway... We're going to be taking calls about competitive League of Legends esports. Are you sure? 
Uh, is there anything else that we're forgetting, uh, Twitch chat? I know we talked about some some general things, but it's been pretty quiet. Um, I it is it is Ooh. like a tougher week to to find things to talk about, but we'll still have it. Like sometimes these Melkai. episodes end up being the best because people call in with like really interesting topics that we don't normally take. So stick around. Donna, so we don't know has a good take, but she's not in one of the the, the rooms. But I I see her typing in Twitch chat. Who? Who does it? Zamelkai. Uh, Zamelkai. Constant, constant issues from people who think that they can put their takes everywhere else. They put their takes and then they don't even join one of the channels to be selected. And then they go meme and Twitch chat. Oh, yeah. Champions <sighs> Q is back. <laughs> oh, Champions Q. I thought that thing died. What the hell? Uh, yes, it's it's back from the dead. And it now has MMR. So it gives players an impending new reason to complain because now that they've introduced MMR, the queue times will go up and then the queue times will be long and then people won't, will say that they can't do it. That's my prediction on what's going to happen. Mm. They don't, they both don't, uh, pro players will want the impossible. They will say, don't add any more players because we don't want anybody worse being added. We want to keep this inclusive, keep those other people out. Uh, add low. MMR because I don't want to get matched against these bad players on here or have those bad players on my team. And then also make sure that the queue times are still short. In fact, shorten them. Um, those things are all impossible to do. And some so. players want voice comms and some don't as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. So both make them mandatory, but also let me brain off play games. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see for the next two weeks how Champions Q does, and then my roommate will complain about how he doesn't have anything to stream. Okay, uh, let's <laughs> let's do. Are you you're already pulling folks into the waiting room? It looks like right. Yeah, I'm getting some people going, but I'll okay. do the full spiel. Yeah, go for it. Uh, all right. So for people who don't know, everyone fucking knows, but I'll do the. It's it's the live call-in show. Uh, so if you want to go in and get your topics on the show, because this is basically an open mic night. Uh, go ahead and join the Discord link that I just spammed in Twitch chat. Make sure to go ahead and join one of the voice channels that, uh, when you get in here. That's what I was just giving someone some flack about. Uh, once you're in one of the voice channels, meet your microphone, no mouth breathers, then in the pleb topics or subtopics text channels, go ahead and write what your take is. Or even maybe just some more general questions. I think Travis and I sometimes just shy away from like, what's some advice for lead content creation? And we were like, oh, fuck you. Uh, but maybe we'll take one of those kind of calls tonight. So, yeah. I don't know. Everything's on the table. Uh, go ahead, put your take in. If we like it, we'll pull you into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn to come on air, do a quick mic check, and then you'll be here talking to us. Yes. And uh, if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Uh, thank you to, for instance, Tom Shu, Retro TP, and Crazy Gur, uh for being subs. Uh, but make sure that you sync your Twitch account with your Discord account so you can get access to the subtopics channel. You can put your or takes in there, and that moves a little slower. So on a massive, crazy night like tonight where we're flooded with takes, it's going to really help you a ton if you could get access to the subtopics uh, channel. So regardless, uh, <laughs> that's that's where we're at. Uh, thank you to Shadowbeam and Matt as well, who just subbed. Can I ask who Travis voted for? Probably nobody that you would know because... I'm guessing you don't live in California. Uh, Killer of Heroes, thank you for the prime. Mark, you want to go grab our first caller? Sure. Okay. Off Mark goes. Exactly, Sherman. Sherman knows what's up. 
Sherman knows what's up. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been showing up on the channel. Uh, Noblet, thank you for the prime. Robert Bruce, wow, tons of people coming in right now. Okay, uh, Mark is grabbing our first caller, and then we will be off to the races. Casey Bryan, thank you for the prime. Thank you for the prime. Okay, Zamelkai is here. Zamelkai, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from the United Kingdom. Such a broad area. Uh, but anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I have what might be quite a spicy take, but uh, I think that orgs should be fined if players miss LCS regular season games due to visa issues with import players at the start of the season because it takes the hype out of the league. And this is specifically in response to the C9 Berserker rumors. So would you have this, obviously the, the Berserker thing is a visa issue, but it's an unconventional visa issue compared to what we normally see at the start of spring. So uh, how do, do you think this should be broadly applied to all situations like this? So I think that like you probably would have some like act of God exemptions. Right, and like, I don't think it makes sense for me to try and cover everything that like would or wouldn't be included in that, because like, I'm not the actual person setting the rules. But I think that the broad idea of this is that like, if an org is going to sign a player as their main roster player, like for a team, that player should be expected to play every game possible of the LCS regular season, and if they do not play that because of a fuck-up on the org's part, and I do think that at some level, like, not having your player take care of their passport and their visa, and not being able to play, like, that's a fuck-up on the org's part because they haven't impressed the importance of just keeping your passport safe on the player. It's the sort of thing where Imports are, like, imports should come with risk. Orgs should have to actively care about imports and, like, have to actually think about if the player that they're taking is worth the potential costs of if they fuck up the, like, bureaucratic side of that. And the easiest way to do that is money. I... Wonder, and let me ask you this. What would stop every team who has a <laughs> who has a player that's coming on on a visa from being like and a sub. for summer split we have sub berserker with starting ADC well I guess Sven, I think Sven has a green card now. Do, do we know if he does? Whatever. Uh, I believe he does. Yeah, st I starting ADC Sven, you know what I mean like you you can just sort of I think one of the challenges here is you can, it, it encourages teams to, you know, starter is not like a, it is an official term, but not really, you know? And so I think people can just yeah. cheese it that way. So I don't know how you, how you would police that in this situation. So I think that's actually fairly easy to define because you can just do it by number of games played in the season overall, right? Because an org isn't going to, 
Like, what we're talking about here is usually, like, one or two weeks delays, right? An org isn't going to take a player if that player isn't showing up until week six. So, I mean, if, you say that, like, the rules... I feel like we um, have histories of that happening. Uh, you know, Brock says, for instance. Anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. Yeah, but, like, in the most, like, you could, you could do it by, for example, um, if a player plays the majority of the games for that team in that role and like any like thing that i suggest right now isn't gonna be a perfect system because i'm not a lawyer and i like this is a thing that i thought about for like an hour two hours like i haven't covered every situation but i think that the like there are ways that you could define it such that because teams show the importance and the value of players right like you aren't gonna bring berserker over and then just not play him in half the games to try and keep him as a substitute because then you're risking losing half the games so if you had some sort of games played requirement or just something something that acts as a way of this makes a player categorized as a starter and then like if you have your starter like not play I think also there's a certain level of practically, on the one hand, draw orgs could technically like rules lawyer their way around it, but it'll be very clear if they're BSing, so on a more practical level you could literally just have someone like the commissioner for example step in if it's very clear that an org's trying to weasel out of things and this would definitely be unpopular from the orgs but i think that the lcs shouldn't be afraid to stand up to the orgs a little more and say like actually you signed on to a franchising system you signed on to the future of the league if you care about the league you'll accept that when you fuck up and do things that hurt it you have to pay a price. What? That sounds Zamelkai. You want to hold these teams accountable and try to make it so that they make decisions that are based around the health of the league? That's I I this is already one of the craziest okay. calls we've ever had on the show. Uh, right. Mark, what do you think of this? So I think your your heart's in the right place, and I think there's good reason to want to change and fix this like problem because a lot of the times it's like this is the new super team pending uh week four of the split when they have to try and get their legs underneath them you know as things are happening so like i get why you want this fixed lock in tournament was a joke this year i mean i think it's a good idea but if you realistically can't get the teams ready for it it's, it's just doing nothing um so I, I i think the idea of trying to fix the sub situation that's happening is good People always talk about how bad the U.S. government is about getting these visas to teams. I wonder, like, what's the average turnaround time if you, like, asked every team, like, hey, send me a timestamp of, like, when you first sent your email or, or your mail to, to the government, and, like, when you got your visa back type thing. And, like, if the free agency date is just too close to start a season date for this average, then you, it's not really the team's fault. Um and in that case, you're trying to tackle a bigger problem of like the overall 
schedule for the global ecosystem. And it's only really a North American problem because we import them. I mean, China imports a fair amount too. I actually don't know how frequently this happens to them. Maybe, maybe it is uh, more problems. I don't know what China situation is. That'd be, if there's an as, expert. As someone who watches a reasonable amount of the LPL, like when I can, and at least follows content about it, this does happen to players, but like nowhere near with the level of frequency that I feel like it happens in LCS. But that's just a gut feeling. Someone I think it's also less damaging to them because they've like... got more teams and more players and stuff. So Yeah, I... I just mean like how frequently is like big name player like Nuggery gets signed and then doesn't show up for a period of time or like, you know, those kinds of things. I yeah. think it would be... Okay, here's an interesting thing that somebody... People are always talking about, you know, I want to do some content in esports or something like that. Uh, here's a content idea for somebody who's not me. Uh, go do some number crunching to figure out how frequently teams experience this, uh, how frequently the big teams experience this, uh, and how long it often lasts. So, for instance, like it'd be interesting to know, you know, how many of the starting LCS players were actually fielded in uh, the lock-in tournament this year, and how many how long it took for teams to get their full rosters going into uh spring split because like we think about it in terms of like four weeks or three weeks into spring split in some cases but out of all the games that are played before msi what percentage of games is that you know what i mean or what percentage of matches like there's a world here where it's like the league could be getting pretty severely damaged if you're like the starting lineups aren't able to play for top teams oftentimes 30%, like for 30% of the first half of the year. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 one of the things I like about your takes on Elkai, even if I don't know if you can super, like, I don't know how practical it is to find C9 for having Berserker lose his passport. Cause there's like complicated issues there around employers can't really like hold people's passports and visas. And I don't know. It's weird, but one of the things I do like about your take is that it's it's starting to point out that like this is an issue that has only been getting worse over time, from what I can tell. It feels like more and more and more we're having these issues as we import more and more players and as less North American talent ends up in the league. And in some cases, the issues are getting worse. Now, obviously, some of it might be compounded by COVID or whatever, but like at, a, at one point in time, do we stop shrugging and actually start to say, okay, we need to address this somehow? Maybe it's a fine I, system for the teams. Maybe it's a situation where we create extra incentives for teams to run North American players. Maybe it is any number of different things. Maybe you move the signing window up, and so teams are extra incentivized to do that. Sherman in the chat earlier had said that he feels as though teams are pretty incentivized to get players in as soon as possible. In one way, yes. In one way, no. I mean, we send eight fucking teams to the playoffs at the end of summer like how incentivized are are these teams to make sure that they're winning every single game um and so i i actually think it's fair to try to uh to do that that cat in mark's lap is the one that broke in and got the fucking plastic he's also stuff. the one who hissed at you and swiped at you he's such a good boy for doing that yeah, we hate Travis, don't we? Yeah, he's so cute. Um, I feel like the issue has always been there. I don't think it's gotten worse. I think it's just like recency bias. Because like I remember when we had Piglet and he didn't show up and we played Keith for three weeks no, or something. No, but it's gotten we, worse for the league overall. 
I don't think so because there was also the that Echo Fox team that literally had to field like four subs because like Froggen and like no one was there. Uh, it's always been bad. I don't know if it's gotten worse. I think it's it's dude. Like lock in this year was the worst it's ever been. The, okay, so that is true. That's probably the worst it's ever been for Lock-In, but it also doesn't help that, like, I think a lot of the teams probably drag their feet on, like, eh, who gives a fuck? Uh, so maybe it's just a Mel guy's point. That's an example. Um, but overall, I do think it is, as a broadcaster, I can tell you, fucking deflating when you're in story meetings all day, like I might have been this week, and you're looking at the teams, and you're hearing, oop, I'm hearing grumblings that these guys are having visa issues, and you're like, great. First game of the day, or first like game of their week of the new split, and it's just like fuck me, LeBron James isn't playing. Cool, you know, <laughs> or like whatever. It's just it's it's lame. Um, so I I think it is a problem. I would like to see it addressed a little bit more, but um, I would say I it's always. I would put it among the the issues in the league where the, over the years we've had considerably. We've had more and more issues pop up like these. Um, and I think oftentimes the league and the community and everybody kind of does this like shrugging emoji. But it, I think it's one of those things where it does hurt the league a lot. And, and in a situation where we have like a death by a thousand cuts. Um, yeah. And we're asking like, why is it that we are, you know, struggling compared to the LEC in terms of viewership growth and all that uh it's like well they this is one of the many 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 things that we have to deal with that they don't and it's like at what point in time are we going to try to address it in what way shape or form so on that point i do think it's a good one because i was just saying how like oh it doesn't really affect impact the league so it might be hard to convince them to like treat it as a serious problem but like it definitely affects us so we need to figure out something to do about it and in the same way it's like death by a thousand paper cuts you also mean that means that there's no magic band-aid where it's like oh if we just fixed this problem like the league would be great uh i think a lot of times people have been like oh just fix the broadcast like it's always like the broadcast sucks and i think to this point it's like there's a lot of little problems as well that need to get band-aided up um and this is just one of them so of course you need to solve it as well as like what, what you've been campaigning against with the revolving door type situation as well yeah okay cool uh, thank you so much, Zemelkai, for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before we move on, or we take a quick break? Uh, yeah, shout out. Uh, Alienware Grubhub, as always. Uh, and then just shout out to you guys. It's been a rough week, personally, for different reasons, but, like, it's just nice to have the content, like, that you guys put out and just you gotta go shopping or something and you put a podcast on and it just makes it nicer and I think that's an underappreciated aspect of what you do as content creators thank you yeah, also shout thank out you. the success of Cat for Kobe goodbye it's working you guys might not see it but Travis is getting worn down um, keep going strong both in regular life and in harassing Travis for a cat you want to go grab the next caller? Or no, we're taking yeah, a break. Yeah, I guess. Oh, we're, we're taking a break. break. We're taking a break. Hello, everyone. Let me talk to you about Alienware. Alienware sponsors Hotline League. They sponsor a ton of the stuff that we do here, and they make amazing products, and you can check them out. At, let me make sure the link. We're in the process of moving this link around. Alienware.com slash Travis. It is still up. Go check it out. They have the brand new Auroras, uh, the R13, the R14. 
uh, fantastic machines, uh, as well as some other fantastic notebooks, monitors, uh, accessories. We love Alienware. They do amazing things. And we've got some cool stuff in store for you all um, that I'm going to be able to promote in the near future. But in the short term, I just want to say thank you so much to Alienware. One of the really cool things um, that I will mention is uh, I have started working with a new editor slash uh, video shooter at the LCS and across wherever. He's a dude that just recently got out of college and he doesn't have a badass desktop. And so I was able to talk to Alienware and as part of Travis Gafford Industries, he will be getting a badass desktop sent to him. And I just, it was a fantastic thing where I talked to my person over there. I said, hey, is this something we can make happen? They said, sure, I'll order it right now. Let me know what specs they need. And we were able to get that going. So it's just, it's those little things that I know you guys don't always see because they're happening behind the scenes. Um, but it is, it is a situation where it's not, this partnership is not just about a logo. It's not just about me saying Alienware.com slash Travis all the time. It is oftentimes about these things that they do behind the, the scenes that actually legitimately help the partnership and the business and the content creation. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show and all they do. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yeah, I guess. Can't talk about Alienware more. <laughs> Robert Bruce, thank you for the five gifted subs. Thank you, Robert Bruce, coming in hard, uh, as well with the Prime, uh, Casey Bryan, John G365, and Danny Grimm. We got some more, but first we have Warden Winter here. Warden Winter, where are you calling from? Uh, today I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. And which are you, how can I tell the difference between you and Winter's Ward? I'm the old boomer that talks about legal stuff, and he is the Zoomer who does tweets. Okay. All right. But again, that's how I know there's the two of you, but how do I know which is which? Is there like this a one, trick? This one likes Cosmere. That's how you think about it. But again, yeah, how do I make sure that, like, is, how do I, I know one of them likes Cosmere. How do I know that it's Warden Winter that likes it, not Winter? You Warden. use your fucking brain. What do you want to talk about on the show, Warden Winter? So uh, I wanted to talk about how the LCS, uh, particularly how they use like the LOO eSports page, is really missing out on a lot of opportunities to build hype between seasons and to you know actually tap into like the audience in between you know, the end of MSI or the end of spring and the start of summer. And there's just like there's nothing there on the news page, for example, that talks about or builds hype in this period. And I know we're like, we're 10 days away or something, but you'd hope that there would be something there ahead of time. So yes, I'm looking at the site right now and <laughs> actually, wow. Uh, I did not, the, 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 there's the three most recent posts are, uh, June 3rd, they have something about amateur, which is, you know, whatever, uh, doesn't build hype at all. May 17th, they have something about the latency issues at MSI, their big post. And then May 12th, support your favorite teams with in-game content. So this is an interesting topic. Uh, in the past, here's here's where I'm curious about learning about what you would like to see her war in winter. Because in the past, they used to have a big editorial team that made content for the site. And I, I used to get frustrated because while I did not feel they were like, pushing 
my stuff out of the world. It felt odd because I was like riots competing. Like third party media is already in such a really rough spot in the League of Legends esports ecosystem. And so Riot coming in and basically being able to like compete with third party media by making their own stuff on LoLesports.com is like a website was covering the stuff. It felt pretty bad, especially because they have like the bigger microphone to shout that stuff out. They have, you know, team is way more likely to say yes to Riot about doing content with them than like like a third party media entity. And so it, it I, I often for many years was frustrated by the fact that I perceived right as... What are you laughing at, Mark? I'm not laughing. I'm groaning. Why? Go ahead. Finish your take. Finish. No, 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 Mark. Let's fucking... Let's hash this out right here, you and I. All right. You're viewing them like... You're far... You're so far away from your microphone, by the way. Dude, like, what are you mad? They do do the dive, too? Because they No, I'm not mad that they do the dive, but I don't... Here's things that used to happen on here. Like, they would go and post... I'll never forget... um, I forget the player, but C9 signed some player back in like, I don't know, 2014 or 2015. And Riot's like, we got the exclusive interview about the signing. And I used to be like, oh, wow, right? You're jerking yourself off over the fact that you managed to get an exclusive interview with like a player from your league where you guys had access to the information ahead of time before any third party people got it. And a bunch of folks, here's the thing. I know the knee-jerk reaction in Twitch chat. I'm not even looking at it. You're laughing at it. <laughs> no, it's there's like, just one thing in there that's funny, which is I'll never forget. And then you go, I forget the player. That's the I one forget I- the player. <laughs> I don't forget the article. And I don't forget yeah, the, like, just, it was just the, the self-masturbatory, like, oh, we got the exclusive. <laughs> um, I'm like, good job, guys. Um, exclusive. We're announcing a video game. Uh, so I... I remember just being like, wow, this like third party media space is so fucked in general. And then you have Riot just kind of like further freezing people out by creating their own content around the stuff. However, I think my frustration was that very often their answer to content, third party content, or sorry, their answer to like this coverage stuff was just to copy what everybody else was doing. And in fact, they still kind of do this in some ways. Like during MSI, they had like their, they created some extra content for the YouTube channel. And the extra content for the YouTube channel was just another talking head podcast of which there are already a million of them, including Diaphoria. And so I was like, this is so fucking lazy that they're just like, it's like, oh, well, yeah, what do we need? We need additional content for MSI. Let's create another talking head podcast. Um, and so I, I've in the past, I've been frustrated with kind of the way that they have leveraged this website to create hype. So Warden Winter, getting back to your, your point, what are the types of things that you would like to see on lolesports.com that you don't see now? And where's your frustration? Well, so one of the things I think is really easy that they could do is something like a Twitter embed with all the teams, just the official team Twitters, you know, having a little list option there that highlights them or or brings attention to the teams so that way if there is breaking news that a team tweets you can also find it here in kind of this hub that they have access to that you can you know leverage that space with just a little portion of the screen Um, and then like other shoulder content uh, around upcoming narratives so if if you want to say you know that give an announcement of this is our our upcoming schedule as even a preliminary basis. I know there's the schedule page as well, but that just got updated today, I think. 
Yeah, they, uh, I think they released. We, we the don't schedule. have news about like Good. finals yet, like where it's going to be, or or what the. I think we do have the dates now, but. Yes, I. <laughs> well, I, I am trying to figure out how I want to say this. Um, I think that they are most likely to announce finals information on the very first day of the of of summer so that's where i would be looking um but for other things yes i i agree that like you could have stuff here i one of the things that i kind of like about what you're you're saying warren winter is like use this web page as a as a way to showcase other stuff even if it's just teams videos where like they're announcing their information if if it is a twitter feed with their latest stuff like use this website to help grow the league yeah um, I, mean, I think it, that's pretty fair exactly because you know all the teams are producing content you have a shoulder content or, or other hype content that is supposed to benefit the league as a whole but the league's official website you know as as lol esports is is what they, they push as the official website doesn't leverage any of that content except sometimes partway during the season oh, and so they should really do something with that uh, in between seasons they they do push some content like the the podcast the recall which just went up today is on you, you have to click the news thing and then you'll see a lot more things coming out than that academy thing that Travis is talking about there's moments and memories from MSI something about TFTs Dragonland set oh um, all the way up at the top you click lawysports.com and then there's the tab that says news yeah, if you go to lollysports.com slash news, you'll see oh, more stuff. Dude, I bet you that fucking nobody clicks on that shit. I, I have well, to Well, so I, I, I did click that, but then if I click summer, like for building hype for what's upcoming, then there it just has the CB lol thing and, or things from last sweat. There's there's nothing that highlights to summer in events if you uh, want to know like, what's oh, yeah, coming next. On the next. right side, you click summer. And yeah, there's like stuff from last year well just because yeah they don't have any summer stuff again i i mean it's cool that you went here warren winter and you clicked on the news tab at the <laughs> top and then you clicked on summer i really imagine nobody's i bet you the click-through rate to hitting this news page is like nothing people go to the front page they scroll down and they see if there's anything there because like it says latest yep. content why would you imagine that there'd be like news that's hidden there's other later latest or content um here, here's what i'll say i feel like the lol esports site um having like all this new stuff is cool but like what it's missing that a lot of the sports sites have is like actual necessary information that drives people to want to check it frequently and then they'll see like an article that grabs their attention or something um like yahoo espn um even like actual sports sites will have stats for example if you want to look how many people want to look up stats on a day-to-day -day basis about or at least like you know during the season probably quite a few people where do they go oracle's elixir games of legends leaguepedia if you want actual information um and those are all clicks that you're losing that like your main site should should probably have and this is something i i've pushed internally a couple times is like there's just nothing necessary. Like, there's nothing that you have here that doesn't exist elsewhere, or like that you do well 
to just like want to go here. Like there's no stats. You have the schedule, which is like oftentimes not any easier to find information on than just like, I can just type in LCS into Google most nights. And that's how I get my schedule. I don't go to wallysports.com. Like um, there's a lot of like these kinds of like things that would drive traffic. And then like, hopefully you get this kind of like effect that like once they're on the page, they'll click something else and then yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, like it's just, there, there's very little other than the content. But again, if you're following the Loli Sports YouTube page or the LCS YouTube page, you're going to see most of the stuff they post here anyway. So like, I mean, what I am surprised about to your point, Mark, is like, I sometimes try to put my shoes in the, and I, I try to imagine, I try to put my shoes in, no, I try to put myself in the shoes of the average League of Legends esports fan who like casually watches LCS. And they, this person probably didn't watch any MSI because it's a, a terrible time. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, wow, it's been forever since LCS has been on. When is LCS coming? And they open up the lawesports.com website and here's the experience that they're gonna have. So first off, they see this amateur tournament thing that's happening. Up at the top, it says that there are LCS games happening tomorrow. 100 Thieves and FlyQuest play tomorrow at 1 p.m. That is not LCS. That is Academy. But there's no way if you were a casual LCS fan to not think, oh, LCS starts tomorrow with 100T, 100T and FlyQuest kicking off. I mean, if you read it, you could see because it says 100 Academy, Fly Academy. But... I don't see that on my screen. Up at the, oh, I'm, my... I'm looking at the big banner up at the top, like the, the schedule... Uh, thing. Oh, mine doesn't show that, I guess, because I... Well, if you go to lollysports.com, yeah, I'd be curious. On the if... homepage, it doesn't say, like, Academy next to them or anything. It's, it just says the team. But yeah. if you go to the schedule page... My, mine more, doesn't even show it. <laughs> it, it. It's kind of just a, a nightmare to, to really navigate if you're not paying attention constantly. <laughs> mine, mine doesn't even have... I have Hit Point Masters Europe selected Esports Balkan League Prime League <laughs> European Masters LEC. I don't even have LCS clicked or I can't find it if I do. Okay, do you see <laughs> right Mark right now do you see on my like the stream? I, 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 I see it now for you. Mine yeah. has been unchecked somehow. So again, you sure are the average it. LCS fan and you are looking at this webpage that I have on stream right now and you think LCS is Got 100T and FlyQuest playing tomorrow at 1 p.m. Yeah. Then you've got this amateur circuit match happening between 100X and a team that you're probably unfamiliar with. And so you're like, maybe, maybe you're like, okay, well, if LCS is kicking off tomorrow, I should scroll down and see like a bunch of LCS content or like what's going on or anything like that. You see an academy or you see an MSI podcast from Rift Reaction because Spotify and Riot have like the sponsorship thing. And then there's an Academy and Proving Grounds article. Then there's a bunch of MSI content. And so this is your, like, this is what you have learned if you are just an average LCS fan landing on lollysports.com cool. is that there's no content on this page, but LCS starts tomorrow. Well, and to be fair, this isn't like an LCS product. It's a LOL eSports Does not product. matter. No, and I'm just saying, like, L LEC fans have the exact same problem, to be fair. They click on here and they're like, what the fuck is the LEC? Where's the LEC? Well, they get a different experience because they're, they're, I think I can show, I can see what their experience is. So this is what they see. And, and they're at least their schedule says vitality and mad start playing on 
the 17th of June. They've got Ooh, this, they get that. this Golden League thing happening. Um, and then there's rotating. Oops. I clicked on the wrong, wrong thing there. Uh, 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 we're going back. Okay. Now I've got this thing playing. Sorry, audio listeners. Um, it won't let me scroll for some reason, but... Uh, there's MSI moments and memories. There's like a rotating sponsor banner and all this stuff. And so their their situation is not much better than ours, but at least like it's not actively confusing in the way that ours is. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's not much better. And to the point about like nothing being necessary for them, you know, being on here as well, like the whole point still stands. Like this is technically a LOL Esports webpage that has region select for what you see. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's a struggle. I'll give well, you that. I just think overall, the whole site is a big missed opportunity for the league to capitalize on these things. And if they want the league to be successful, both the teams and you know the Riot organization need to do better. Otherwise, you know, people aren't going to want to click or stick around. Yeah. Pro Proteus West says the average LCS fan thinks they're going to be playing games on Wednesday. I think so. Why, like the average LCS fan, probably it's 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 unimaginable to me that the average LCS fan is like, you know where I should go, like the the LOL wiki or the what is it the wiki yeah you guys know what I'm talking about Leaguepedia Leaguepedia thank you, um, Leaguepedia, and like go to find the schedule in there. I I really appreciate the work that Leaguepedia does, but it's not that is not the that's like a heart resource for the more hardcore fans it is not a resource for the average fan i mean realistically the average fan doesn't even go to woolly sports website they go to twitch and if lcs is streaming they click it have they at this point in lcs's history have they ever played games on a wednesday that's my point i don't know but like if you're an average fan and you click it and it says there's games being played tomorrow why would you go that must be a lie because there's never been a time Maybe the average LCS fan has been watching for like two years and doesn't real, and they're like, oh, they're changing the format, so now there's going to be games on Wednesday. Cool. Like I, it's weird to me to just be like, to to try to brush the stuff off. Sorry, I'm arguing with Twitch chat. I know that's something we're not supposed to do. Um, I mean, you can argue with Twitch chat, but as I was just saying, I don't even think the average LCS fan goes on the Loli Sports site. Where do they go? They go to Twitch. Or YouTube, they just click the thing they want. I th no, I know. I think if they, I think if it's a Saturday, they're going to Twitch and they're clicking it. I think if they no, want I mean, to know when the the season is starting back up again, they're going to go to LOL Esports. I think the average Twitch or like person is just on Twitch and they see LCS is live and they click it. You know, like uh, maybe a lot of them are planning their day around it or something, but I, I don't know. Either way, my the, the point that we're making here is it's not good product, and we all yeah. agree on that. And it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think in some ways actively misleading and confusing. So, uh, Warden Winter, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, just a shout out to uh, Pride Month. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys the June. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Later. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Boater Michael, Zushi, Director Donut, Farmer Ginge, Five Gifted Subs, Diddy Bop, Gaiden TV, Danny Graham, John G365, or Robert Bruce for the Five Gifted Subs. Uh, thank you, everybody. 
Uh, Sigma says, my wife's boyfriend uses all esports for everything. Well, there you go. It's uh, it's popular with people's Hello? wives' boyfriends. Uh, Arsh Goyle is here. Arsh, where are you calling from? Uh, normally, I'm in uh, like Santa Monica, but not right now. I'm in SF. You're in SF? Nice. Well, how's, how are things going in SF? Uh, it's pretty chill. Um, I think summer is like really nice here, which is good. Uh, LA summer is like really annoying. <laughs> so it's here. It's like wait, a why is LA summer five. annoying? It's too hot. I don't like. It's like wait, you 90, live in Santa Monica. It's sixty-seven right now. I, I I just when I was there in like when it was for finals week, it was nightmarish. I had I was so hot. Also in a dorm, I guess. So it's like it gets really hot there. No Where are see. you from originally? San Francisco? Yeah, SF. So it's, it's it's hotter than SF usually in LA. I think it's like it's the same. Really? I, SF usually gets pretty cold. Arsh, I'm sorry you winter, have failed yeah. the test. We're moving on to the next. No, Arsh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, there was a Parth tweet earlier today uh, where he said that going into summer of LCS, I think this is the closest the top five teams have ever been. Uh, every team has a little bit something different to succeed and some holes in their play, whatever. Uh, and it was pretty controversial. A lot of people were pretty annoyed about it. Well, do you want to say what the most true. controversial part of it was? Uh, I don't think what well, you just read was the controversial part. Yeah, the the top five he he stated were EG, Hundred Thieves, TL, C9, and TSM. Yes. And what part of that do you think was controversial? I'm curious. The Art. TSM part was probably the controversial part, considering their their placement last season. Yes. Yes. Uh, so sorry, I cut I you off. But anyway, continue. So I you, would place him as fifth as well. So what did you? Yeah. So you said he made the tweets, and then what did you think of it? Um, I, I think it's completely true. Like I was, I'm writing a piece right now about like all of the each individual team and like where they are right now, roster changes and everything. And it's pretty clear that every team does have at least one hole in their play, um, and like will struggle in some way. E.g., being like the obvious, like oh, they just won, they dominated like nine zero, whatever. But they're also coming hot off MSI, which that's a bit of a like a contradiction, right? Usually very cold off of MSI. And they got exposed for a lot of different things in MSI. Uh, so I don't anticipate this team to instantly come out of the gate swinging, like going and <laughs> looking really strong. But I, I do think that like every other team here is very obviously has some hole to their play, um, keeping them close with the other teams in competition. I... Uh... You want to think, go first, Travis? You go first, Travis. Sure, why not? I think that the top four teams are close. I don't think that TSM is close. Uh, I'm surprised that that was something that Parth said. Um, and here, let's just read the full the full thread because he people then came in and were like, "Wow, you're expecting?" He said, T "Somebody replied, messaged him and said TSM is top five. He said, "Yeah, no question." Uh, and then the person replied, said, sorry, don't want to come across as rude, but expecting a 10th place team to be above average all of a sudden with the addition of Maple is a bit unbelievable. Good luck for TSM. They probably need it. He quote tweeted that and said, TSM was 10th in spring because of a massive operational leadership transition, not a reflection of player skill. I heard about things that happen in spring behind the scenes that made Echo Fox sound competent in comparison. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> they will find their footing and be fine long term. TL were ninth place in 2020. They replaced Doublelift with a rookie and went to Worlds. TSM was sixth place regular season spring 2016 and replacing Alistar with Biofrost created one of the most dominant teams in LCS history next split. Small changes can lead to big things. Maple's an incredible player with a skill level and historical success comparable to Bjergsen and Jensen. But I don't think he's right term long play. Unless Speaker resigns, he's the perfect veteran to unlock Speaker and accommodate Shinyi. 
if integrated as well. On all, based on the players on the roster, TSM should be comfortably top five. Their biggest challenge is integrating the players and staff and role clarity both in and out. So part of my challenge is here, even in a world, and we're going to, uh, by the way, folks, we should have Parthon next week as our guest. I, I, don't, Ooh, I think I said that before the start of the so show. Exciting. but Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm excited for it. I think one of the things here is, for me, even in a world where Parth is right, where TSM gets top five, which I am skeptical of, I'm skeptical of even more so that it will be a close top five, right? He's suggesting that all five of these teams will be close. And while I can imagine, uh, there's a lot of good arguments to say that 100T, C9, EG, and TL will be close. It's also, it's, it's, I'm very skeptical that TSM is going to be able to power themselves into that conversation. Um, and, and while, and I think one of the arguments I would make and probably will make next week with Mark or with Mark, uh, with Parth, when we have him on is that he lists TL were ninth place in 2020. They got double F TSM, whatever these teams only needed only found success with one ch change because they had had so much success previously and they had all that infrastructure there. TSM is super rebuilding behind the scenes. And so I'm not confident that like the sort of shaky structure behind the scenes, even if it is starting to solidify, will be solid enough for that one change to lead to some of the success. That's where I'm at. So there's parts of that, what you said, I agree with. I think the, uh, the top five being called all close together, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the top four, any one of them could miss worlds and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, um, TSM could end up fifth and I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think that TSM has a realistic shot at worlds. Um, one of the things when comparing to those other rosters, not just the organ organizational infrastructure kind of being there, but also those were basically super teams that imploded due to behind the scenes reasons. And then like kind of, I, I like uh, the Yellowstar one was less about like behind the scenes reasons and more just like figuring out how they were going to function. Um, but this is not really a super team. <laughs> uh, like there's just the raw talent on this lot roster compared to the 2016 and 2019 things that he's referencing or 2020, excuse me. Uh, it's, I, I don't think that part holds up that well, but what I will say is his point about the organizational failings and the player skill being underrated is true. And I was yeah. having this conversation with some people today. I think the overall point still lands pretty well because people are at least on the, there's, there's probably gonna be two camps. There's gonna be the people who have know nothing about Maple's LPL time, and just know him from international competition and think, hey, he's gonna be a beast. And there's gonna be the people who tunnel on his LPL time and go, he's gonna suck ass because he got benched and was getting skill checked left and right in the LPL. Uh, shocker. Warning news alert, we're not the fucking LPL. Like, how many mid laners from last split are going to be skill checking Maple left and right in lane and dumpstering his ass? Like, I mean, especially basic... considering mid pool and LCS is like not Expe great. Yeah, that, that's my whole point. It's like, JoJo Pune, maybe, and maybe Jensen with him coming back if he's in form, and maybe Bjergsen in form, but like, most likely, not that many people are going to be like putting Maple in the dirt. And the things that Maple can bring to a team beyond laning and like macro and shot calling and just like team play and coordination like those are all things he can bring to them there are communication concerns that still come up with that that i'd be worried about in game 
but I would also say that this team does have enough firepower that Maple doesn't need to carry from the mid lane and can be more of a facilitator with Spica, Huni, and Tactical all being people who have legitimately carried games a fair amount in their past. And so if he can find ways to unlock the rest of his team, come in as a veteran leader and like stabilize what was a shit show last split, I don't think top five is actually that unreasonable. But I think there is a world where Maple comes in and is just bad. Maple comes in and he's individually not that bad, but can't get on the same page with his team because he's in NA for the first time and it might take a while to get his feet under him. Or like the, the organization's still on fire. Like there are still a lot of other things that could go wrong with this. That doesn't make me think it's top five easy. Uh, but I mean, I, I actually don't think it's as hot of a take as it seems like some people were reacting to. I mean, Mark, my issue is more with the fact that the 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 tweet implies that TSM could be a top four team or even like top three. You know what I mean? Like when you're saying that these teams are all right. close, that's the bigger issue there. I I think if if he had just left it as like if the hot take had been TSM will be a top five team, like I think it's a little hot. I also don't think that like it's that crazy. Sure, why not? I think it's crazy to say that or to imply that TSM is going to be competitive with the other four teams. So, yeah, oh. oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, the tweet basically implies that, like, TSM has, like, a plus or minus, like, 10% chance from everyone else of getting the title, right? So TSM, part is saying, is a title contender, uh, which I agree that's, like, the hotter part of it. But also, like, I don't think that the other teams in LCS are nearly as infallible as, like, as I think, like, that implication would would give, right? Like, I think um, TSM had a lot of, sh like, times when they were really, really good. Like, they had Tactical Shenyi had times when they, like, they genuinely, like, were laning really well. And I recall, like, five, six times when, like, it got into, like, past 25 minutes, and then the casters would go, I don't really know what TSM's doing here. I don't, what are, and they just, like, run it down and then lose. You know what I mean? I really feel like that, the, the what Mark brought up and, like, the leadership and, like, the, the synergy that Maple can bring, I think that's like super, super high value for a TSM squad that looked really confused above all. Uh, yeah, I think the the top five being close is the question. I think there's a way to frame it where it can still be true, where EG MSI hangover, uh, C9 visa problems slash roll swaps, um, hundred thieves just being inconsistent last split. You know, like you can you can paint a world where like they finish close in regular season, maybe. Um, I, I probably wouldn't buy that one too much in terms of that, but like I, I don't think those they are the darkest horse for world contention of top five teams by a significant amount. Like I, I don't really I would And that's assuming I they're bet. even top five. Yeah, like, I mean that's I, I'm not taking this bet. I would not take this bet. Parth Parth will come on next week. I'll make a bet with him. We can try and make a bet. Who would you place above, out of curiosity? I, I assume we're saying GGS or I mean, fly, the thing is, really it's convinced. the field, right? Like, that's part of the challenge is, I don't know if there's any team that I would necessarily say, like, oh, Golden Guardians will be better than TSM, or FlyQuest will be better than TSM. But it's like, I, I think, let's put it this way. I think TSM is much closer to the those five teams than they yes. are to the four the teams, quote-unquote, above them. And so... Given that set of circumstances, it is difficult for me to, like, I I think it's overwhelming in overwhelmingly in favor of the the field of the other five teams in this set of circumstances. 
Well, I, I, someone in chat, sorry, this is unrelated. I agree with everything you just said. Someone in chat, I don't know if Park can make any bets related to teams. I don't think he can make any monetary bets on like betting sites, but I think two friends can make a prop bet. Uh, I also made a lot of prop bets in my time on the dive uh, where I take the one team and I give Azale the field and it doesn't usually go well because taking <laughs> the field is, is often, <laughs> unless it's like a heavy favorite, yeah. uh, you know, like, that's where I agree with Travis is like, yeah, that all that stuff could go right for TSM, but like maybe dig without fake God, you know, like they, they rally. Yeah. Well, they, they were eight and 10 last split with fake God. Like they could go nine and nine with him and, and take fifth, six, which is what golden guardians were. They were nine and nine. EG was also nine and nine, you know, like shit happens in the regular season. Um, and who, who knows where it goes from there. Slum just as big is going to be mid. Well, guess what? Fifth place is mid. It's right there in the middle of the pack. <laughs> Literally the middle. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I could see that. I think the my problem with Dignitas, FlyQuest was like, uh, Dignitas, FlyQuest, and Golden Guardians is that they're both like one change, one change, and it's like all of them are like pretty underwhelming changes. I mean, FlyQuest didn't make any changes, but like Golden Guardians changing Fake God for Gamsu is like good because Fake God is getting exposed a lot, but mm, also Dignitas. like. Gomsu's coming out of Academy and Amateur and doesn't look like particularly hot, right? Stick safe for lost is like, okay, middling to low ADC for a ADC that was middling to low before. Like, it, that's where it's like TSM has like, okay, firepower and you had sh light, like shines of brilliance um, and you have Spica on your team. You know, what I mean? like, I feel like there's just more going on for this TSM squad significantly. I think that you're taking this from the TSM perspective. You can make a lot of the same arguments you made for TSM for these other teams where you can be like FlyQuest had some really good games Golden Guardians oh, had some FlyQuest, really good yeah. games FlyQuest like, is the best uh, argument for sure I think but I, I don't I don't think that Golden Guardians switching lost for Stixay when everyone else upgrades no, no, no. I, I'm not saying it's a great decision either I'm just saying like again it's it's what Mark was saying about taking the field right like yeah. you have to you have to really say like you you can make five compelling reasons points for each of these different teams not doing well but you have to hope that all five of those things end up being right, and then TSM doesn't suffer one of those things in order for TSM to end up ahead of all of them. So that's one of the challenges you're facing. And so, like, yeah, if you give each of them a ten percent chance of beating TSM, they still add up, right? So it's like yeah. a, like a fifty percent chance. So I, I do see what you're saying. I don't know. I just think that TSM, I guess, has the highest ceiling, and I tend to be an optimist. I don't know, man. Some teams have ceilings. They don't get fucking close to them. Immortals with PoE, Xerse. <laughs> if it has, I have a friend yeah. who says, like, PoE signed a deal with the devil to um, be the best player in the world, but part of the deal was, like, he couldn't build correctly. So he he's forced to, like, build whatever bad stuff he can while also playing absolutely insane. <laughs> Thank you, Arsh, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh... Not nothing particularly. Have fun. Uh, it's nice being on for the second week in a row. Um, yeah, I'm excited for LCS. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. It was a fun call. I, it's I like these open mic nights sometimes, where you just get all sorts of interesting, yeah, interesting stuff. I feel ya. You want to go grab our next caller? Could people hear Kobe casting from the other room? My God, get it together, Kobe. Okay. Uh, where are we? No new subs, but that's okay. We're hanging out. I will probably be playing some Genshin after after uh, Hotline League tonight. I'm glad I took the nap beforehand. I'm I'm getting my second wind. Uh, Mark should be here in a second. 
Um, you guys do hear Kobe? Tell yeah, tell me if you actually hear Kobe because uh, it would be good to know. Um, so that I can talk to him because he, it is pretty loud. Uh, yeah, whenever you want, Marcy, we can play. We can do that. You guys can't hear. Okay, great. Thank God for this microphone. Any other microphone, and you would definitely be hearing him. Okay. Uh, hello, Dan's movie. Where are you calling from? Uh, Detroit suburbs. The suburbs of Detroit. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take was, uh, Jesus. As though, Jesus. like, Dan, yeah, well, as bad as Danny, well, not as bad, um, but uh, even with how MSI went, like, I still think uh, Danny and JoJo are still the future of the LCS going forward, but they can also still be the worst players on their team. I know that conversation came up a while ago, like after, you know, we going back to the uh, LCS finals and people are like, oh, they can't be the worst player on the team. But I don't think they were the worst player on the team, but they did great at MSI and they are rookies and it's impressive going forward. And the conversation of being the worst player in our team happens all the time. Wait a minute. You just tacked on that MSI bit from your actual take. Your take today, 7.31 p.m. said nothing about MSI. And now you're changing it on me. Well, no, Danny. Okay. What? I still think they're the future of the LCS. They did okay at MSI. Like, that, you can't forget MSI. Just the worst there. players on their teams that managed they to win. They are the worst player on the teams. They did managed to win the LCS. You watch Vulcan, bro? I love I mean, Vulcan, but that dude, like, he's probably better than them in the in in the playoffs. But during the MSI, he he inted his face off. Yeah, Jojo but, Jojo went toe to toe with Faker, Xiaohu, and Caps, and looked great, looked fine. Not like he was better than them, but he didn't get hard exposed like half of our fucking mids do when they go to international competition. Yeah, I. That's why I think they still look great, even though they kind of didn't look great. Well, you did say specifically that they were the worst performing players on the team, which I think is what Mark is yeah. taking issues with. The first line of your take when you put it in, in Discord was JoJo, Danny are still the future of the LCS, but they could also still be the worst players on their team that managed to win LCS. But at MSI, I would argue Impact had worse performances than JoJo uh, post-group stage and the actual Rumble stage. I think Impact had, had some tough matchups. I think Vulcan had some oopsies. I think Inspire was probably the best. Then... Jojo, then Impact, then Danny, then Vulcan, probably, looking at the totality of the to tournament. Um, Jojo got hard exposed by Caps in, like, the first game they played. And, like, in actual Rumble State, Jojo was fine. Yeah I, yeah, I think they were, but you're also bringing MSI stats, and I just mildly think Vulcan is not that bad. Like, I get that, uh, what you just said, in, now you're bringing MSI stats, where you said, like, uh, but they, I mean... Uh, Impact and Vulcan definitely had worse games than JoJo and Danny did. But going into that, most people thought they were the worst players on that team. And even if they were the worst players on that team, I think they did okay. I think Impact and uh, Vulcan had worse stats, but if I was to make a team next week, I would still pick Impact and Vulcan as overall better players than Danny and JoJo. Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Depends how much you want to trust what happened to MSI. I don't think you can just ignore MSI. Uh, I don't think you ignore these either. I think they did great at MSI, and I think being a rookie and showing them a skill, the second sentence I wrote, 
being a rookie and showing that much skill is impressive. Like that shows yeah, a great you, future. But okay, my point was before you even stated your take, you were already copying onto the like forgetting MSI when that wasn't your take when you when you posted it. So when I was gonna bring up MSI, you're already ducking out of that. Well, and, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just saying, like, man, I don't think you can discount MSI. I think the rest of your take is fine. I know you're not being too negative on them, but I think they are not even that much worse than the rest of their team when at international competition, other people are playing worse than them. Like, even if you want to make the case that they're the worst players on their team, they're not so much worse that, like, on any given day, the rest of their team plays worse. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the error bar between these guys is not that substantial. It just feels like... One of these conversations where because they're young NA talent, we got to start saying, well, they might be the worst on, like, they're inspired carrying their ass. You know, I'm like, I don't know if we even need to have this conversation. I wasn't trying to come from that angle. I'm just saying when you go to the, when we like flash back to the finals, people are saying like, they're, oh my God, they're the worst players on the team. And it's like, even if they are the worst players on the team, like you have that conversation all the freaking time. Like when Samsung Galaxy won Worlds, people are saying like, Crown could only fucking play Mazakar. He's a shit mid laner. And he just fucking, he won Worlds. And you had like Bowland who was on IG and they're like, you just rookie and the shy dragged a course across the finish line. Like just because the conversation of them being the worst on their team doesn't even mean they're bad. Like it's, I still think the future of the LCS, I think they played amazing at, MSI and it looks like you know that's an impressive format as a rookie first time going to Worlds. I don't know why there was ever. You I know, mean, when on, people the, saying, on the outside of this, it feels like you guys are almost in agreement. Where both of you guys are like, yeah. yeah, people should like not be giving JoJo and Danny all the shit that they give them, and like hyper focusing on if they are um, the worst players on the team or not. I think Mark's point is like. Let's that just stop talking about them being the worst players on the team because, like, that's it's just a weirdly irrelevant conversation to be had, and and so I think he marks even at the point now, Dan's where he's like, yeah, like to your point, they're good players, they're on the team, they they do well. Like, let's just even move on from ranking them against the other three. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I thought that conversation was like kind of interesting after the tournament. Um, because I even made that case like yeah you could make the case that they were the worst players on the team uh, but after MSI they were not the worst players at that tournament and it feels like we're just ignoring the most recent data point to continue a conversation that wasn't super important anyways oh, I mean upcoming season I don't know I just still see some of this stuff every now and then when I'm buzzing in it was like how are they even if they're the worst players on the team they're still like good and maybe if they're not the worst players on the team but i don't know if you see vulcan and impact doing stuff i just if i was to make a roster next week i still would put them on the lower end like i i know i'm not forgetting i don't want to like knock out what msi happened but if i was to draft picks next week i would still have impact and vulcan and inspired probably above jojo and danny but i still think they're really promising but this like when you're drafting for next year or next i mean month. if i was drafting I for next I year just... i would probably want the two north american rookies that don't take import slots and will be around for a yeah. long time like that's that's <laughs> yeah. also I mean, part of the challenge is like you're which i i it, i just don't i would actually yeah if i was drafting next uh, it depends on how long i think i'm going to be in the lcs before i inevitably sell my spot but <laughs> I, I would, if I'm thinking for the long term, I'm definitely going to go draft those those guys rather than um, I mean, some, of, some of the other folks. 
Vulcan's no joke. I, I don't want to make it sound like because I'm saying this about his MSI thing. Here, here's an interesting fact. He's won more titles in the LCS than uh, Core JJ has. He's won, He won two with C9 and, and one with EG. That's such Core a JJ's weird thing won. to think about considering how much we hype up Core is. Like Every, a... I, it's actually going to be one of my talking points for the LCS this season to put a little pressure on TL and Core JJ. It's like, yeah, we all know you're great, but you haven't won in three years. You won in 2019 with Doublelift, who is the king of the LCS. And since then, you haven't won a title. Haven't gotten out of groups at any international competition. What's going on here? Vulcan, meanwhile, has gotten out of groups twice during that time. Mark, even once if Core JJ is the worst player on Team Liquid, that doesn't mean that he's not a good player. Can Core JJ win without Doublelift carrying his ass across the finish line? I don't know. No Doublelift, no trophy. Okay. Can Bjergsen win without... <laughs> I mean, you can do this with like, everyone, but but the point stands that like Vulcan's no fucking joke, dude. This guy's a beast. Uh, he he has over the last three years the best run of supports in the LCS. Even if it, like even if gameplay eye wise, you know, like we all know Core JJ is fucking insane. Let's be honest. But if you wanted to paint a slightly disingenuous picture, you could. Dan, thank you so much <laughs> for the call. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, but anything you want to shout out first? Uh, no, just good show. First time caller, and you know your old uh, sponsors, Tidy Caps. Oh god, <laughs> thank you, thank you for the call. Uh, oh, he's left. Okay. <laughs> he's like, fuck you guys. He's out. He's like, I'm done. I dropped the tidy cats. I'm gone. Okay. Speaking of sponsors, let's talk about Grubhub. Guess what, folks? I have a new code for you. Uh, th I love that this is becoming a thing where people start messaging me or harassing me or begging me for the codes to save money. And this week's code is... From June 6th to June 12th, use code 5OFF. That's the number 5, 5OFF five Travis. All one word to receive $5 off on your Grubhub order of $15 or more, only for the first 500 orders. So I just put it into the Twitch chat. It'll be in the description. But this is how you save money on your Grubhub order. And it's fantastic that they do this because I know that we're saving uh, folks, tons of money every every week, and it's pretty cool that we have this. I don't know if anybody else gets this this type of treatment, especially in the esports space. So it's pretty cool to see uh, that Grubhub comes in and does this type of thing for us. I really appreciate so much of what they do for us, uh, and you know we we have we had a code last week. We've got this one this week. Keep saving money off your order of Grubhub by tuning in to Hotline League every week to grab the code. Also, it's just cool. What they're doing. We have some uh, stuff that I, in fact, I just realized I need to follow up on it because we're getting close to the deadline. But we're going to be recording some cool stuff uh, later this week or later this month for Grubhub. So stay tuned for that. But thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you all next week for another code. Mark Zimmerman, you time me out in chat? Are you fucking time me out in chat? What? I was, I was reading... Dude, I was reading a Grubhub uh, ad read. Like, like you can't multitask. Mark, you know, you do you think I'm capable of multitasking? I can't. Yeah, I don't right. even know what I'm doing right now. Okay, Mark went off to go. Guys, guess what? I really did. Well, he's not here. I'll let you guys know. I did time him out on the chat. That was actually me. I was, it was a little lie on my part that I wasn't doing that. Uh, I actually did. Thank you to PJ Salt, Easy G, Zerthon, and then Mad Fishy for the subs. Elion is here. Elion, is that how you say it? 
Yes. Uh, where are you calling from? College Station, Texas. College Station, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I called to talk about the broadcast. My take was that um, over this last split, it started off a little bit rough, but it got progressively better and will continue to get better going into this next split. Why is it going to get better? <laughs> yeah, I think that this team of broadcasters and talent has had more time to get to know each other and uh, see uh, what everyone is good at, what people are bad at, and they're going to play to those strengths a lot better this season. I think um, even throughout the last split, some of the spotlights on players and talking about the game got better, and I am hoping that that will continue to happen. Mark, you might know a little bit about that, but that's kind of where my take is right now. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you think it's it'll get better just because they've had more time. That's like your main argument. Am when I you guess? say got better, what do you think got better? So uh, at the beginning, I think some of the broadcasters, um, it's hard to not compare it to EU where uh, every week watching the EU stream, they would talk about missing the fans and stuff like that. And I think the NA broadcasters also missed the fans, but didn't express it. So it was just a silent arena, and as someone watching the stream and not hearing about fans, it wasn't exciting for a little while. But eventually, I, I remember Dash specifically starting to talk about not having the fans in the stadium uh, and how uh, that was bad, but he wanted to get them back. But just letting viewers hear that is good for them because it, it makes it about them also. Well, let's okay. Let's get into the the more specific take, which is about if the broadcast will get better. Uh, Mark, will the broadcast get better? I, no. I know you guys are in these big meetings uh, the last couple of days. Um, I know because my roommate's been gone uh, to to talk about this stuff. I know you probably can't reveal the changes you guys are making, but what's going on behind the scenes uh, that you can talk about for well, broadcast stuff? I'll say I think what the take is largely talking about is cool with me. Uh, there's not like a big change coming. The way you're talking about this week is not like a big change. There's no big change coming. It's still just the LCS. Mm -hmm. um, there's like, I don't think this is a big spoiler, like the LCS 10 thing. I think they're going to go a little harder on in summer than they had going on in spring. So you'll see some cool stuff there. But otherwise, I don't think there's any big changes coming. And to your point about like getting better with time, I think that that will happen. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought you're gonna be more negative at the beginning and be like, "This part sucked. This part sucked." I still need to work on this, but it's getting better. I thought the but the getting better part was gonna be like a little thing you stapled on the end, but then you were, you were nice, so I don't actually have that much to say. Well, let me be a little bit negative then. Um, <laughs> I think uh, maybe at the beginning of the season, I remember watching a few of the um, analysts, uh, and there were some segments where they focused more on the talent on the desk than the actual new players in the LCS. And I was like, I want to hear about Kumo and Takui. These are players I've heard of, and you're not talking about them or telling me about their stats or what they've accomplished in other uh, leagues. But as the season went on, it became more about the players, and that was the improvement that I was talking about. Um, 
So also the the kind of maybe lowest moment was the LS drama as far as how the broadcast handled it, but that was kind of unfortunate in and of itself. Lowest moment how? I'm curious. Um, when they broke it live, which was impressive, um, but then not pushing for more answers on behalf of the fans when that is probably the biggest thing that's happened in the the LCS in the last two or three years. Getting LSN and the excitement around him and even the broadcast building that up as one of the big things to watch throughout the season. It sucks that it happened that way, but it did, so. But I have a question. Why aren't you more mad about all the supposed journalists who work in this scene, who every offseason love to tout their horns about all their predictions and they, they report on all these other things, and then they all got silent as soon as it was about LS. What happened? I mean, we didn't. I don't think. I don't think the, the broadcast did anything too different. When there's a big change, we report what we know, but we don't. We don't go digging usually. Classic whataboutism from Mark Zimmerman right now. That's that's what I'm throwing but at you right now. What about these other people? Uh, I mean, to be fair, it is a weird thing that uh, the broadcast has had conversations about before about what our role in the ecosystem is because one thing that we have that does not compare to traditional sports is that Riot Games is the developer of the game as well as being the NFL and ESPN. Like, we are all of those things combined. Um, And you, as a broadcaster, get privileged information through other pillars. So, like, a league ops person is right next to me, (laughs) you know, oftentimes. Or, like, people who work uh, on, on the broadcast are in comms like listening to like things that are going on because we're they're just like recording mic checks you know and like you're gonna hear shit there that is private information and like you as a broadcaster are gonna learn things through channels you should not actually have access to in a like fair world uh that like in traditional sports just wouldn't happen like it's not like fucking Waj is like sitting next to the commissioner of the NBA and like their offices are like right there, you know, like that's, but that's a situation in the LCS where like, just, just like such close because it's all kind of run by riot overall, you get these other, uh, cross conversations that you pick up. And so like a lot of the times we'll hear something and we'll be like, really, we can't tell people that. And they're like, you have to wait for it to go public through another Avenue because we're getting it through, um, the person who receives the roster updates and therefore is like building out things that are not related to news breaking. Um, so like Waj, Waj, whatever. I'm Waj. not saying I'm working as a hostage. I'm just saying that like, it can be tough to be a broadcaster learning things through non-official sources and then being like, well, how do I talk about this now? And you just hope that it comes out through one of the other channels. Elion, thank you so much for the call. No problem. You, you were very positive about the LCS broadcast, and then there was not I much more to say it. about it. But uh, is there is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Um, I mean, just to push back on on what Mark was saying, you know, you, you can use the the criticisms that the community uh, has when these things happen, and just ask Jack on air. Like, 
what's going on and then he looks like the bad guy when he doesn't want to give information how about did, what's going we, on how did we get him on air oh is that going to be difficult when they're embroiled in controversy and you get invited on air yeah that, that's we can't <laughs> for, like we don't have any means to force them to come on or like what we're gonna fucking find them that's technically not like we're the broadcast not the uh operational branch of riot like we don't have that privilege actually no like, no I can't... You, you you explained it really well yeah i mean it, it sucks i'm like i am on the community side you know in these situations but and i think the community complaining uh has has hopefully i think i think that last hopefully has opened some eyes into the transparency issue in the lcs right now funnily enough something we watched yesterday also made us feel that way <laughs> but no um just shout out to you guys and all of the broadcast it's always really enjoyable to um spend time with you guys on the weekend so thank you thank you so much uh we'll catch you next time mm-hmm. are you reading that message in twitch chat and agreeing with it mark what what message? Oh, see, I play Victor said as a casual fan, nothing is more annoying than I have this cool story. Sorry, I can't tell you guys. This is not a thing in any traditional sport. Every training camp, ESPN shows players literally fist fighting, and no one releases a story and why a coach left. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but ESPN didn't get that footage because their operations, the NFL as an operational team, was there for example, would be a, a, a big difference between the two. But I agree the whole, oh, I know it happened, but uh, I can't tell you is is frustrating. I hate I hate that. I hate doing that. I think it's also just tough because there's no... ESPN's gone, Yahoo's gone. There's no entity in the space that is able... And even when they were around, they weren't inking deals to go do these like training like the, the teams are producing all their own content and so they are sanitizing it before they put it out into the public and um yeah there's not sucks. like let's let's not embed a reporter at a team the way that like you'll do that through traditional sports media yeah yeah yep okay anyway uh on to our last caller uh by the way thank you to dan jr for the prime Mark is off to grab the last caller, and we should be good. You don't think the NFL leaks things to ESPN or their other media partners? I mean, I play Victor. Shit gets leaked all the time. I've literally covered stuff before, but I think there's this idea that, like, every single thing is, like, leakable or that, I don't know. This shit drives, drives me crazy. Tom Shu, where are you calling from? Hey, it's been a while. Uh, calling from Washington, D.C. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so, uh, well, before I get started, I had a problem with something Mark said. About what is your take tonight, Tom Shu? Oh, come on, man. You're killing me. Why but, do uh, I have to follow the rules that everyone else follows? What? Come on. Okay, everyone's getting banned from subreddit. Whatever. So, uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about the Dokla getting promoted uh, to the LCS. And, uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of... A, a lot of uh, talk about how, you know, Champs Q is starting to become this big thing where we're seeing a lot of players that are, you know, we normally don't get to see a lot of visibility into that have put in a lot of work and get recognition, not just from, you know, from the community as a whole, but from, it seems like, teams themselves. And I think Dokla getting promoted is, is just part of that, right? Uh, so we've seen, uh, what's his name? Uh, Yukino, I think he's from, uh, I think he plays on Evil Genius's amateur team. Uh, 
he was uh i believe he was on uh, uh an unaffiliated amateur team some time ago and then he was you know out there spamming champs queue and then apparently he got noticed talked about on reddit twitter so on and so forth gets picked up on egp you know dokla does the same thing he's on clga looks pretty good grimes a lot of champs queue and then all of a sudden he's promoted so now my question is are we starting to see as opposed to uh, you know, fully organized competitive games. Are we starting to see, uh, you know, grinding out champs queue and looking good here as kind of the the next frontier when it comes to being able to kind of uh, distinguish, like, okay, this is the next major prospect that's coming on, that's going to be coming down the pipe, right? Like, are, do you guys have any insight into what uh, what teams are kind of thinking at or what teams are kind of thinking of when they? look at the champs queue vods and the statistics and things like that or or am I, I, I don't base? think that like people are getting picked up because of their champions queue performance yet uh i don't think that's what happened with dokla um and so i don't and i and if anything i feel like people like the sentiment around champions queue has been that it has been a failure so far so it's hard for me to feel like it's a, a major determining factor in pulling talents into the LCS so far. It's a failure. How so? I'm sorry. Are you asking why people think that Champions Q has been a failure so far? Yeah, I mean the reception seems pretty positive, and like they're making adjustments this split. I mean, I where have you been? They literally had to cancel. They like had to turn it off, and they had to pull it back, and people stopped playing it, and. Like people, there was like I, multiple I don't think... pros who were who were saying that it was dead and how like people don't use it enough. Like yeah. pros were talking about it, like dying. What? Uh, okay, so we're we're having some we're having some temporary bumps in the road as things get adjusted. So are we are we still considering it as an overall positive for the scene? I think right? there's yes. a hope that it can be a positive. I don't think anyone right now feels like it has like like it. Champions Q has yet to fulfill its promise. And if anything, it has revealed, I believe, more systemic issues within this, the league that actually kind of give us uh, a black eye. Like, I, I, for instance, really wanted to... I, I for a long time, have been very posi positive about the players. Like, a lot of people will be like, oh, these aren't just play paycheck stealers. Oh, these players are just... They're here, you know, like the community loves to rag on it. Other people like to rag on them. But overall, I have tried to trust the players and that they have good intentions. And I think the majority of them have a very good drive. It was incredibly hard to keep that optimism um, towards the end of the last Champions Q run. And so, I, like, if anything, I, I'm not saying that Champions Q is a mistake. I have hope for it. I hope that the changes they make will be positive. But... Like it is, I think, embarrassing on the global stage how Champions Q has gone so far, and I am very hopeful. I'm hopeful that it gets better because if not, like, it's really embarrassing. Well, and I feel like somehow we've gone very far from the initial topic of Dokla getting promoted, right? Well, I just don't think that Dokla getting promoted is like very is do you, Mark am I wrong? Is it very no, 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 oriented? It's not entirely. It's not entirely because of, and you know part of it's because of it's because of his uh you know his fantastic academy performance, but we can say that you know him grinding champs queue, finishing high can be a part of that. 
Right? Y y yeah. You can say I it. I'm not sure if it means it's true. Yeah, it's I mean, true. like, he, he got the award. It wasn't called the MVP, and it wasn't supposed to be an MVP, but he got whatever award the Academy broadcast handed out. Like, he was playing well for multiple splits in a row in Academy. CLG is having struggles with their main roster. They're bringing somebody up without having to sign a new player to try things out for summer split because it's clearly this whole roster this entire time has been a developmental roster and they're just like trying pieces out like i i don't really have a problem with it i'm excited to see big dokes back in the lcs uh i guess uh, like the validity of champions cube doesn't factor into it as much as all the other like clg specific points that makes sense to me and I'm not saying, by the way, that there's not a world where, like, Champions Q does get to the point where you seem to hope it is right now, Tom. Like, I think there's a world where we get, um, you know, like, I, I'm hopeful for a world where players start to pop off in Champions Q. They look really good there. And then there starts to be a bunch of positive sentiment. People are like, why isn't this player in the LCS? They, you know, they climb the ladder. They're outpacing all these other players and, like, you start to feel like Champions Q is earnestly funneling players into the the ecosystem, the competitive ecosystem. Um, but I don't personally feel like we're there yet. Now it's the early yeah. days. Like I almost feel like they should have called Champions Q beta, like whenever they first can released I, it. Um, can I disagree with you for a second? Sure. Yeah, I think what's what's kind of going on here is that uh, you said you were taking a lot of your opinions from. Uh, players when they were talking about the champs Q experience and uh, I think uh, one thing that's kind of being uh, it's being blown out of proportion a little bit um, one thing I do have an issue with is that uh, players love to complain like let's <laughs> just be real I mean geez like I, like I've been paying attention to like the amateur scene for a, a long time as of late and every single thing like whether there's like a, a scheduling issue or some kind of conflict there's always some kind of of some kind of passive aggressive like tweet storm flowing across my twitter sure. feed but like i i get it you know it can be really annoying at, at times but like let's not like miss the forest for the trees and we still agree that overall the current format of amateur has been a positive thing for the scene as a whole, and we shouldn't be letting the uh, and we shouldn't be letting the momentary issues that we have. You I know, thought you were talking the about Champions and now you're talking about the broader amateur ecosystem. It's a it's an analogy, and the and the same thing goes for Champs Q as it does for uh, for amateur. Like I'm saying that we shouldn't you know let uh, let issues in the implementation get in the way of the overall idea and the spirit of the idea. I'm not right? saying but, that they should cancel Champions Q or anything like that. I'm just saying it hasn't been a success yet. Well, and like if you if you the, ignore the fact yeah, that it hasn't been success, you can't actually yeah, make no, the changes in order to like get it to the place it needs to be. Yeah, and that's why I disagree. I think it has been a success so far. And I think we're blowing any incidents that have happened out of proportion. So, right? so, the LCS... so Mark, go ahead. So two things. One complaints are always exist for any system there's always someone who's not getting served properly compared to someone else like right I'm, I'm with you on that but the amateur scene did not need to get temporarily shut down because of these problems that were cropping up where for champions Q, it had to be shut down and it was to the point where there was hardly any games going on during one of their seasons because all the teams that got knocked out stopped playing all the players that were scrimming weren't really playing. There was a very small population size. And so like 
did it fail? No, I don't think anyone would say that like Champions Q is a failure. But I also, to Travis's point, don't see how you can call it a success when it couldn't even get through two full splits before well, yeah, like it had to get taken down. Uh, to, I, to... I, I don't think that's a valid argument. So you're essentially just telling me that players are just taking breaks. Like, yeah. like... I'm not sure what that what that's kind of getting at. Here, here's so, a but... here's an argument for you. You don't believe the players, but do you? But the players association wrote where we could have done better in their one year recap. Champions Q got off to a roaring start and faced declining numbers in large part due to core features we knew were critical but not present at launch, like matchmaking. We should have been more consistent, a more consistent advocate for delaying the product's launch until it had a feature set that was ready for sustained competitive ladder, ladder eminently ready. Like the Champions queue, which was mostly championed by the NALCS Players Association, even like the association as a whole and the person leading it feels as though it launched too early and it was missing features. So it's hard for me to understand how there's a world in which like this thing has been a success whenever they're saying like, oh, it's out too early and like it shouldn't have been out yet. And it, to, to, to combo onto that, the whole point of Champions Q is to provide the players with a better practice environment. And the criticism that the players had faced by the community and certain people was that they don't take their practice seriously. So they were handed this environment, which supposedly fixed a lot of the problems. And then it died. And that spoke to the criticism that people had because even I would say, yeah, take some time off. But people were taking months off and not playing Champions Q once they got eliminated. And you have, at that point, a two-month break unless you know some of them did go to Korea later. Um, but it's like, this is what your job is, you know? Uh, so I think that was one of the, the reasons that people had concerns about. As Travis just highlighted, it might not have had all the features that the pros wanted, and that's why they stopped using it. But either way, the fact that it had to undergo cosmetic surgery and, like, have, you know, these features, you know, like, attached before they were ready to launch it again. Like, if you ever develop a product ever for... Uh, any sort of software if you ever need to pull it down shortly after launch to tack on more features because the player like the user base is disappearing like that's a problem and that's not even just like a champion's use specific. that's like any any product that has that problem is isn't you know going to need i don't think again not saying it's a failure but like also you can't champion that as a, as a success so far yeah i still think i still think we're missing the forest for the trees here like if that's a nice you know, we're, we're that's a nice euphemism i'm not sure what is Tom? Explain to me what the forest and the trees are. Essentially, what we're doing is we're over-indexing on the bad and not not paying attention to the over the big picture here. Okay, so I what could is do the big this picture? all day. No, that's not what missing the forest for the trees is either. It's it's hyper tunneling on one point and missing like the overall conversation is what missing. What what the is forest that's, for the that's, trees that's, is? That's just that's what I just said. What is what is the overall point here, Tom? Yeah, the overall point is that that Champs Q is well, Champs Q is overall a success and is going to change the way with how we look, how we examine our talent in the LCS. Like, okay, like really we, quickly, we're seeing we're seeing with Dokla, we're seeing really with quickly. Yukino, you think Champions Q with... is an overall success? How do you define success for Champions Q? So, all right, so we're talking, we're talking. So our teams using so essentially our teams like keeping close eyes 
on players that are playing Champions Q? Are they watching VODs? Are they analyzing amateur players okay, so for promotion? Are they watching your academy players? success is our teams engaged with Champions Q and using it as a means to scout talent, it sounds like. Yeah, our players using it as practice tool. There's there's multiple there's multiple metrics you can use as a success. Okay, right? so so and far, seen, players we have talked, mostly have not been using it as a practice tool, and people have been disappointed with how little they have been. And there's little to no evidence that teams themselves have okay, like, wait, been no, making... That, that's, that's cherry picking. Like I just saw Whoopley type in chat saying that, that teams are keeping a close eye on Champions Q. Uh, I, I think that... That part is yeah, I mean, a... teams teams also keep a close eye on solo queue, dude. That's what the whole job of a scout and, and a coach is to, to 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 track these things. I like if it's not doing something tangibly better than the pre-existing uh, situation, then you can't call it a success. Like I kept a close eye on solo queue all the time. Like we scouted Phoenix out of solo queue. You know, like we scouted players out of solo queue all the time. That's like if Champions Queue isn't doing a better job of that, which it's it's far too early to say if it's Champions Queue is doing a better job, but your point that like Dokla and Champions Queue were tied together, it's hard to know if that's true without like just asking the people who made the decision, like, was it because he was on your academy team doing great or was it because of Champions Queue? Um Well, well so Phoenix I, was Phoenix was scouted before Champions Queue was even a thing, right? So we're so honestly, like Champs Q should in theory be a better you know, be a better uh, tool for uh, scouting players since they're playing against better competition. Yeah, it, it should in right? theory, Tom, but the point is you can't call it a success if we don't know yet because my point is that people already track solo queue to scout players. Then why are we calling it a failure? If, if we can't, if we're saying we can't call it a success I have yet said based that on the, the data. Here's what, what I've said so This is a so false far. dichotomy because we never called it a failure. We keep no, no, saying no, I, it's I not said a, I feel like I it's been it's a, a failure, failure so far, Mark. But that's because I said I feel multiple like, times it's not a failure. Yeah, yeah. Mark and Mark and I are on different points here. I would say that so far, Champions Q by and large has been a failure. I feel like it's exposed like embarrassing aspects of the North American player base for or like the LCS player base. And I think that it has like the the fact that we've had to like bring it down, I think is like a, a not a good sign. And there's a lot of stuff that have been issues there. Regardless I even the one thing Mark and I will agree on is that you cannot say that it has been a success so far. Mark and I also, I think probably hope that it becomes a success. Like we're not like, yo, yes. fuck this thing. It's over. I'm not <laughs> saying cancel champions queue. It's done. But I just think that there's a lot of work to be done. And I think it's like, if you're looking at champions queue, the way it has been happening so far and your takeaway is this is a success. And, uh, uh, Dokla is now going to be competing in the LCS because of Champions Q. Here's, I, I uh, it's like uh, really hard for me to do that. Here, okay. here's first, first of all, that's that's taking my point. I'm not saying Dokla only qualified because of Champions Q. And second, I think it's because Champions Q just existing on itself is already considered a success. Like, do we know? Do we see all the positive comments? You know, from uh, from all from the pro players when Champions Q first released. Yeah, but did you see all the up? negative ones a couple months later and how the Subreddit turned to a witch hunt against both like the entire pro ecosystem in North America because of its lack of utilization. Like you can't just look at the time that people liked it on launch because it was a shiny new thing and ignore the conversation that happened two months later again because of this product. How are you going to yeah, ignore the you, second half of the conversation? Yeah, and you can't overfocus on a lot of the negatives and not ignore that things are going to be fixed when they keep when we keep iterating on it. It's just like amateur, right? We'll keep yeah, on iterating I, it and I, make I, it better, and it, it'll eventually 
become a success. Is anyone, but Tom, at any point in time in this call, have you thought that Mark and I are suggesting they should stop trying to iterate on Champions Cube? Or have, have I said to only focus on the negative? I'm just saying that, like, yes, right now, Champions Cube is going to look good again because it just opened back up and it's the start of the season and people are hot for it. But how is it going to look in a month from now? How is it going to look in two months from now? Like, what is it going to actually be contributing to the scene is my question. Exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll collect the data. We'll find out what works and what doesn't, and we'll iterate on that. Great. Then let's it, decide at that point in time if Champions Q is a success. You're calling or not. it a success. You're, you're not literally right like, now. wait, throw you out called the in and you wanted to posit that like this this system has been a success. But then uh, Mark and I disagree call, with you. You're like, you're like, no, no, no. Get more data. It's been a success, but we need more data. Um, it, it, throw it, out it, the bad data. Look at the good data. P p p hack your your results. You know? Yes, just the existence of the system makes it a success. That's like, could, I think an insane that we take could just to have. be scout. We could just be scouting in solo queue. Something cannot. Travis, something Travis, does not is not successful by its inherent existence. Travis, government has proven its value because it has existed. You know, it, every it's just like it's a good like systems are good. You know, if a system exists inherently, it's it's got value regardless of whether or not. Um, it's contributing anything. Tom, as you know? always, I want to say thank you for calling in. And I le I legitimately mean that. I know that you call in frequently and we get into, you know, these, these arguments. Nothing and Travis goes, not going like a Tom wait, shoe one, call. One more, one more thing, because I know people are taking my last point just out of the sense of existing. Just still remember that the, all the work that was put in beforehand with Core JJ and the Players Union to get this thing set up in the first place. Weren't we all talking about having some kind of better solo queue or some kind of better practice environment for the players? Like all the work and the uh, the, the things that were done previously to actually you know push Riot and to get something done like this. This is why that makes it. Yeah, if only the Players Association and the players that made it up also were just dedicated to using the system once it had been built. Yeah, and especially after they invested all those fucking resources, including hundreds of thousands of dollars just to use the system, you know, like that would be really cool if they then used that system that they asked for. Tom, thank you again for coming in. We'll and I, and I'm trying to to be polite. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to be. I am. I am not. I am not upset with you. I want to make it clear because sometimes Twitch chat or, or YouTube comments think that like we were actually angry. It is always a pleasure having you come on the show because frequent like the caller before you called in and was like hey the broadcast is going to get better and like mark and i are like okay that's a positive take but also it's not there's not as much discussion to have here and you calling in oftentimes allows us to have um at least a little bit more back and forth and you're always willing to stand your ground so i respect that but thank you is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to closing out the show look at you silly and champs q please why isn't he there all right because uh mark that's the show mark what, what do you banger, want to plug banger call to end on nothing get me out of here <laughs> uh resin refresh tomorrow i'll probably be streaming some genshin beforehand too uh i'll be pulling yeah, for yellow while we're while we're on the show let's figure comps out. are fucking busted what um so i have something at 2 30 tomorrow so when do you want to do it uh let's do it at noon like we had supposed to have been doing and okay. let's do a, a waifu tier list afterwards let's okay. make some content at noon tomorrow, Resin Refresh. Um, what content do you have coming out this week on my channel? This channel? Yeah. No. Nothing. The YouTube channel. This is the YouTube channel that people are listening to this on. Nothing's coming out this week. Next week, you mean? 
That was my point. I was trying to get you to it's co- oh, admit yeah, that it's there's coming nothing out. coming out and there's more coming out next week. There's nothing coming out this week. There's more coming out next week. I got you. You're going to have two, vi- two videos next week, right? <laughs> Probably two videos next no week. No blame game this week. No blame No game. blame game this week. Because there's no one to blame. There's nothing to blame. Yeah, that's that's the challenge. Uh, <laughs> you, should, you should write me my, my read next time in Skype and I'll just <laughs> say what you want me to say. Uh, for me... Uh, I'm releasing the rest of the series that I did on Arcane. Go check it out. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then, yeah, it's a little bit quiet. But next week is going to be a lot bigger because LCS is going to start kicking off. We will be able to, hopefully, at some undetermined date, the embargo will lift on our ability to talk about players. We don't know when or how. And then, uh, and then we'll talk about that as well. And, yeah, it's going to be a good week. So... Thanks, everyone. Looking forward to LCS. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time.